Welcome back to D&D 404. I am not the DM, but... Uh, I'm starting now. I'm starting now. Relax. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a cold open. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to D&D 404. I am your DM, Tony. And join with me today are the other three directors on my set. Fellas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with the cinematographer, Master... Action, Jared! What's going on, guys? Armos checking in. I gotta say, I'm gonna go with an unconventional one. I don't know, maybe it is. Uh, Edgar Wright is uh, oh, one of my faves. Yes. Uh, Baby Driver, more, more recently. Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and then uh, Grindhouse. The Cornetto Trilogy is one of the best. Scott Pilgrim. Watch that every year. Yeah, so that's my, that's my go-to. I like the music, and he does it real well. That was one of the picks I was thinking about, by the way. I am Dan. I play Minus Pebble Walker, your tiny little swarm keeper ranger, and I'm the Kevin Smith of this podcast. Mm. Mm. It's a good one. Yeah, we talk in uh, Mall Rats. We talk in Clerks. We talk in his weird horror movies like Husk. We're, <laughs> we're, we're talking, talking Clerks too. We're talking <laughs> Superman with Nicolas Cage. Wait, that wasn't released. <laughs> it wasn't released. Yeah, shame. Zack and Miri make a porno. You know, that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so funny. <laughs> what about you, Alec? Uh, my name is Alec. I play Drell of the Ashbourne, and mine is probably more my most more recent favorite act, uh, director. And I'm going to go with uh, James Gunn. Uh, I feel like he's just put out a lot of good stuff recently, uh, including Guardians of the Galaxy three. And I'm hoping Blue Beetle. Might possibly, fingers crossed, be an actual good DC movie, um, but we'll hold our breath on that still. So, you know what's crazy? It's actually getting good reviews. Yeah, that is crazy because it's a DC yeah. movie. I, it looks <laughs> like the previews make it look like it don't look. He great. also directed Peacemaker. Have you seen Peacemaker? Mm-hmm. Wildly funny. Wildly yeah. funny. Very good. Tony, what about your favorite director? My favorite director is uh, going to be one of my favorite movies ever. From one of my favorite movies ever. Um, Robert Zemeckis. Just he just made a lot of movies that I just loved. And uh just like his uh just like the movies he made. Got Back to the Future poster right on my wall. One of my favorite uh trilogies ever. That's why he wanted the cameras on. Say <laughs> a few movies, maybe for the people oh, at home um, that don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Uh Back to the Future. Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2. Castaway. Back to the Future 3, Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> who made Roger flight? Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit exactly, yeah. which is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then some a little more recent he did. He also did Pinocchio. And one of my favorite movies of all time, Monster House. Monster did he really House. do? Did he really do Monster House? He helped. That's amazing. He helped make it. I don't know if he directed it, but he was. He was there. Dude, he did he was House in the of room. Wax and Red uh, Real Steel. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, <laughs> Bro, House of Wax is a good movie, dude. I know I age like fine wine. Uh, but speaking wow. of mimic houses, uh, I'm doing the rundown today and I'm running down Mimic Monday. That's right. Uh, specifically the Instagram. On our Instagram, if you go over there, we have a lot of specific unique content that you can't see anywhere else. I have a series called Mimic Monday where every Monday I draw, a, I just pick a random item and I turn it into a mimic and I draw it. Tony's got his own uh, little series as well called Wisdom Wednesday where. It may be a funny tip. It may be a very helpful tip. Who's to say? You you decide. They're all good tips. And maybe we'll get some more series in there. You know, I would love to do like a board game one. I think Jared would do a good board game one. 
and uh, I need to make a graphic for Alex so his can go out on Thursdays for the tier list. So uh, hold me to that. Hold me to that. But uh, yeah, if you uh, want to see some cool, unique content from us that you can't find anywhere else, go over to Instagram and type D&D Pod 404. All right, Tony. How about you roll us into that recap? All right, we're gonna go ahead and roll for the recap where I roll a giant rubber D4, rubber foam D4 that was eaten by my rabbits, where um oh fuck. Uh I am number one, two is Alec, three is Dan, and four is Jared. Wow. First do the recap today is Ooh, Oh god three. Let's get that slam poetry. God. <clears throat> it is three, so Dan is going to be doing the recap. I said to the guys I'd do a slam poem if I got the recap. Now I'm regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, surely I won't get it two times in a row. Surely that won't happen. <laughs> Last time on D&D 404, we walked across the wooden floors and up the lighthouse into the top above the mouse when we got inside, there was a dragon trying to hide, all ghostly with his scales. And I think I might even hails at the dragon, but it's no friend looking like it's the end for us. Then we fought, went upside down, then got back to the ground, figured out the piano was pretty cool. <laughs> And whack that fool. <laughs> and then the keys hit a flat. That's the re freaking cap. Bard, how about that? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is DD 404. Fellas, boyos, we are going to pick up session 77 at the top of the Twilight House. You have just slain a ghost dragon named Ulvar the Composer, where Minus, after delivering the final blow against the musician, Beauregard, was finally released from his mortal coil and passed on to the next life. And the last thing the three of you saw as the dragon was vanquished and dissipated right before your eyes was the sight of many souls being released as if they were passing on into their own next lives. There are chests of gold uh, around you on either side of the stage, and there is this golden brass organ in front of you. Can I try to play the organ? <laughs> Would you like to? Yeah, let's do it. You can absolutely try, yeah. I walk up and I sit down in the chair and I like billow my cloak you know how they you do the little sweep out before you sit down mm -hmm. and i crack my fingers and then i try to play the the uh the organ you tap on a note and you hear a loud drone like you're about to set yourself up and then as your feet touch the pedals underneath and you get your get into a nice comfortable pose you find yourself in a pianist pose and you've never sat like this before it's almost like it was natural once you sat down in that on that stool and as you hit the first note the organ pipes bellow give me a performance check as you start to play uh, no worries it's a four <laughs> you hit a note 
and then you immediately hit a flat key and it goes bam. And then as if somebody's smacking your hand, the keys force your hand to lift up. And then the top of the, like the lid of the piano key smack down. You're gonna take um, three points of bludgeoning damage as it snaps down and you see, as it snaps down, the lid goes back up and you see the keys wave and you hear a groan from the organ. <sighs> I cast speak to piano. Uh, <laughs> I do get up and like rub my head. Oh man. Oh, sorry, Drell. That's the key I hit with my head. Oh, that hurt. Uh, so, uh, good job team. Look around. Looks uh, cool. Cool. So, uh, we cool and I do a finger guns to the piano. So on pianos, you know, it's got that little part that you can open up at the top. I want to open that up and peer inside. You stand on the stool and the back of it is pretty large. All the organ pipes are attached to the wall. When you go to open it, make me a dexterity saving throw. As you open the lid of the piano, you notice teeth on the brim. Ah, I got a nine. Smacks down on you as the teeth bite your hand, but then your hand goes through it as if you just try to touch a ghost. <gasps> it's a ghost mimic. You're going to take eight points of necrotic damage as this piano smacks down on you and then your hand goes through it and you fall backwards and then you hear another groan <sighs> as an eyeball opens from beyond the notes and it talks through the top of the lid where you just try to open be like, oh. Finally, Wretched Skeleton has stopped playing me. And he lets out a massive yawn as the piano stretches and you see this long tongue stretch out as it takes a yawn for itself. Oh, you three look different, unusual. Where's that pesky lizard? The eyeball looks from left to right. Oh, uh... Hi, I wave. We banished it. You banished, lizard. Well, I, I mean, we didn't use a banishment spell, but you know, we took care of it. Oh, you know, I would just be angry with you. But if it wasn't just getting so annoying, the constant playing. It's been so long since these notes have had a rest. My keys are so sore. And then he like stretches and as he stretches the piano notes trill downward. Why are the three of you here? Well, the guy was kind of cursing us with his songs. So, uh, we, uh, we don't want to be cursed no more. Oh. Speaking of which, am I? And I look around my body, my hands there. You okay. are free from the curses. Good, good. Okay, good. That wretched. That wretched snake with wings was the one that was cursing you through my keys. And then he lets out like another side, all the organ pipes, like a foghorn. And all this dust comes out. He goes, oh, finally, get some rest. So, you have like a name or names? Uh... <laughs> so trivial. No. Uh huh. Typically, I don't have conversations with food, but uh, 
Because uh, I am not of the same plane as you. I never had a real need for names. Cool. So, uh... Hey, are you flammable? I'm just curious. <laughs> you see the eye shoots over to you? One may certainly try. Well, okay. Well, we're gonna divvy up this gold over here. Oh, please get that wretched lizard's things out of my tower, please. I just want some rest. Yeah, yeah. Sleep tight, okay? Find <laughs> the keys trill as he begins to yawn and closes his eye. I mean, guys, think of all the experience we could get from killing this. <laughs> we gotta mid-max our stats here. I don't know. I don't know if that would really count as a milestone, though. Mm. <laughs> Are we just gonna kind of do a big search check, uh, check, or like, um, so th is this chest to the east so specific or off the stage? Menace, you are absolutely right. This is a ghost mimic piano on with an intelligence on a whole other level than you've witnessed. And is not being aggressive towards you for on new, for reasons unbeknownst to you. Now there is a dragon horde that does not belong to him because we did it a favor getting rid mm. of the dragon. Almost <laughs> maybe onto something. So there is a dragon horde. There are tons of chests with gold and with things in there. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have each of you roll a d100 and you choose which number you would like to take. I got a 64. Mm. I got a 64. What the fuck? Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, that wait, one. what the fuck? I got a 64. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, I got a 48. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got to go with a 64. I guess so. Yeah, that's fine. Do <laughs> you roll a 64? Interesting. We'll find out what 48 is on the after show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, listen, it's just a different randomizer. So you guys go 48 or 64. The high number doesn't necessarily mean it's better. I know. Yeah. I was thinking 48 sounds like a solid good number. Does sound like a good number though. But 64, I mean, think of all the Nintendos out there that are praising us for picking that number. Ooh, that's also <laughs> true. So I'm gonna need one of you guys to roll me 1d8. Alec. Okay. <clears throat> uh, an eight. You get eight gems that are Perfect in every way. That photo-esque diamond. They are the same. They're all the same color. They're all this brilliant green. You can assume that they're rough. They're worth roughly anywhere from four to six thousand gold each. Now I need someone nice. to roll me a D6. Jared. It's a five. Cool. Alright, we'll get to that in a second. Now, Dan, can you roll me 12 D6 and 8 D6 separately? And let me know what those numbers are individually. 12d6 and 8d6. Yes. My goodness. Better roll good, Dan. Uh, this is the 8d6. Do you want me to total it? No, separate. Uh, I mean, yeah, what's the total of that 8d6? Of the 8, right, right. Yeah, yeah, So, 12, 22, 23, 28, 34. 30 for the 8? For the 8d6? 8 34? Yep. You get 34 pieces of platinum. Ooh. And then the 12. Yeah, 12 D6. I feel like it's gonna be worse. Uh, 5, 10, 22, 24, 50. 50? You get, um, wow. You got 50,000 gold pieces. Holy shit. What? We're rich, boys. <laughs> we're rich. I told you, these chests were flowing. My goodness. Those D6s never do me wrong. 
You're gonna have to split the money up and let us know what we get. I'll do it right now and send it to you guys. Damn the rules. Now, the D5 was how many items there were. I need you guys to roll me five D100s. And let me know each individual number you get. I'll do one of them. I'll roll two of them. And then I roll two. 35. I feel like I got two good numbers. I got 20 and 98. Rolled a 66 and a 27. Okay, so we'll start with Drell. Drell, you got a 20 and a 98, you said? Yep. Awesome. So the 98, you see that there are five arrows in a quiver. And they are the arrows of dragon slaying. With a 20, you see that in that same chest, there is a scroll. And even as a non-magical user, it is emanating this deep, strong magic. It is a spell scroll. No. It is wish. No, 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 no. (laughs) It is a scroll of dramatic pause. (laughs) It is a scroll of sunburst. An eighth level. Minus, what did you get? I got 35. You get a potion. And the potion looks like a cloud mixed with this brilliant blue water. It is a potion of storm giant strength. (laughs) Minus got another potion of strength. (laughs) It's coming back. Strong Menace is coming back. <laughs> the second you said potion, all I could think of was Hill Giant Strength, Hill Giant Strength, Hill Giant Strength. <laughs> well, now you got a Storm Giant, which is fucking astronomical. Armos, what were your two rolls? 66 and 27. So 27 is another scroll. <laughs> it is. Mm, I don't, I really shouldn't give this one to you, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> you really should. I really shouldn't. We've been good. I mean, oh, we did I feel like this is gonna rolls. bite me in the ass. It's <laughs> super OP. I can't wait to hear what it is. True it's a eighth level conjuration spell. It is the spell Maze. Maze? Maze. <laughs> you wanna know what it does? You banish a creature that you can see within rage to a labyrinth demiplane. The target remains there for the duration or until it escapes the maze. The target can use an action to attempt to escape. When it does, it must make a DC 20 intelligence check. If it succeeds, it escapes. If you're a Minotaur or a Gorishro demon, it automatically succeeds. So if you put uh, Minus in there, <laughs> he automatically gets out. Damn the rules. That's the silliest thing. Uh, and what was the other number? So that was a 20. Uh, 66. You get a potion of supreme healing. Nice. Yeah. All right, Drell, you need uh, you need some uh, healing potions? Yeah. I mean, if we could find a place to sleep tonight. But uh, yeah, don't worry. I was just going to take some gold out for what you guys owe me for my potions <laughs> uh, before I give you guys over that. Well, the group fund just got a lot larger, boys. So. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, I think we should just go to, you know, we need to go to some sort of store and go on a shopping spree for a little bit. Or ooh, what if we buy a house in the Kabuki Isles? <laughs> so, so, boys. Should we go house hunting? <laughs> I so think we should go house hunting. You have now just experienced one of the few reasons why I dislike level 10 to 20 is that there's just a point in a campaign where you're just dumb rich. So how are you carrying uh, these chests of 50,000 gold now? Um, Bag of holding. It's a way to do it. Cart. Where yeah, Cart? Come here, Cart. Can I inspect my magical bag of holding and see if I fill it with that much gold, if it'll rip? Yes, you can. God, I'm so bad at investigation. I'm going to wait. Uh, uh, oh, that's not bad. It's 18 minus one. That's a 17. So with a 17, as you like, start putting 
the gold in there. If the bag is empty, you think you could hold about half of that. Well, my card also has a little uh, compartment of holding, so we can put some of it in there. Oh, okay, cool. As you see, the cart somehow comes up the <laughs> stairs. Uh, and Reginald goes, wait, wait, how to do that? How to, this, how to, there was floating stairs there. How to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pet my cart and uh, I'll put, I guess, are we just splitting it in half? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Um, and then I'll put the gems in there, and then I'll give Menace the platinum. I took eleven platinum, so everybody gets eleven. And Drell, you can have one more. Oh, here, Menace. By the way, you'll probably use this better than I, I will. And uh, I'm gonna give him the uh, arrows of dragon slain with the quiver. Oh, sure. Yeah, I haven't really tried my hand at bows, uh, but yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then uh, I give Drell the potion of supreme healing you oh, might need this more yeah. than me yeah that's probably a good chance <laughs> but, uh, we'll call it even on the potions okay deal now you just need to worry about the red light beacon that's above you that you know is keeping the boat lowered uh, took yes. care of the curse problem but now you have the red light problem okay so is there a way like are we at the top or is there a way to continue up to the um you are red at light? the top and there are like two windows way up high on the ceiling that you did three of you were fighting on before and you see the passing red light menace you want to try to shoot these uh it's just glass though right everybody give me give me a group investigation check oh, uh 18 for menace i rolled a uh, 16. 14. oh that's solid wow okay you guys just passed you see that behind the organ is a rope right above sleeping piano mimic and it goes all the way up into the ceiling looks like a pulley y'all see that rope right um uh, yeah i see it okay yeah as my we, uh, head follows the rope to see where it's connected to uh yeah can we go over and try to pull it like as a group Drew, you can probably pull it yourself problem is you have to almost climb on top of a sleeping mimic organ that's okay i'm best friends with the mimics okay i'm <laughs> I'm a mimic person. I got this. Uh, so yeah, I try to go over and softly climb onto the organ to pull the rope. Go ahead and make me a stealth check as you climb the piano. Fuck, I do these with disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> you didn't take your armor off first? Yeah, let me spend 10 minutes to take this off. No, okay? Once it's on, it's on. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay, the first one's an 18. Second one is a ooh, oh. uh, 26. So yeah, Whoa. 18. Amazing. You're able Not to climb bad. up on this organ and you like, you see that like as it's snoring, the lid on the keys is just like, opening and shutting opening and shutting you're trying to climb up and you wait for it to shut perfectly so you're able to climb on and you feel the lid of the organ like move as it snores and then like for a moment it like opened up when you were about to take a step on top and you see its mouth and it's massive and it's super deep way larger than what it seems on the outside with this huge tongue it's like looking into a cavern and when it shuts you climb on top and you're able to pull on this rope and you see that the light flickers outside and then shuts off. Do we hear anything outside to make it seem like everything's back to normal? You don't hear anything. You just um, you just see the light shut off. All right, well, let's go ahead and just get out of here then. Yeah, I think Drill just starts making his way out of the piano hall. Yeah, sounds good to me. 
the three of us try to quietly with our Scrooge McDuck amount of money try to jingling <laughs> not wake up the Minmic as we're walking out of the place I do like the uh, yep. image of Armos with like money bags <laughs> big old bags with dollars bills on them uh, you open the door as the door has now reappeared there's that long hallway and you travel down that long hallway to the entrance of the room and then you look down the staircase that you climbed and when you reach the first landing, you realize that all the stairs that were floating are no longer there. And it looks like you have a very long drop down to the base of the lighthouse. Oh. You can judge that's about 400 or so feet. Huh. I'm tempted to push Menace before he can float with his pebbles because I know that's what he's going to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> just out of spite of not having my own pebbles that can lift me up. Can I look to see if there's like rope or anything around that we can use to like lower us down? Nope. All the walls look like giant bookcases. All right. I think I've got this covered. So I'll turn you into gas, Drell. And then I'll carry Armos down on my uh, my swarm of SIDS. Mm. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> that works for me, All I guess. Right. <laughs> I cast uh, my last third level slot to do gaseous form on Drell. And then bonus action, Writhing Tide. Drell turns into a gas and saunters down like a little fluffy cloud. <laughs> Puzzle avoided. <laughs> <laughs> and Minus gently floats down while holding Armos. Original goes, this is nice. This is nice. Our movement speed is 10. You by the take way. a speed fat is so minute. You take yeah. a fat minute descending down. I was about to say, I'm just like choking you while holding on the bags. And it's just even more so. And it's just this awkward... <laughs> moment so uh so what was it like being paper you know <clears throat> see things differently when you come back into the the 3d realm oh drill oh drills gas i was gonna ask him uh what that question was he had he said he had a really important question to ask us but <laughs> mm. never got that yeah we'll ask when we get down there yeah make sure to follow up on that <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course don't let up even if he tells you no you know what i mean we gotta we gotta hear him out make sure Shares feelings. Yeah, I mean, uh, he gave me such a nice compliment. I, I have to hear him out. Yep. <laughs> and the three of you reach the base of the house. I want to go check. Uh, I want to go check on my ghost friend. See if Gulligan is. Oh, you walk there. over to the piano, but you do not see Gulligan. 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 In matter of fact, you don't hear any movement throughout the lighthouse. Not even the floating books or the ornaments. Uh, the ghostly chills and shrills that were echoing through the long tower. Looks like our mission was successful. Gulligan, I'll see you in another life. I walk back out. <laughs> As the three of you leave the lighthouse, you see the ocean, the, the shroud of fog that were keeping you and the boat in place is now lifted. It looks like a nice sunny morning on the sea it's calm the waves are gentle as they splash against the rocky island and you walk out a couple feet and you turn around and the lighthouse looks completely normal like any other lighthouse you would see along a coast does not look threatening does not look menacing it does not look nearly as tall it looks as tall as if like if you wanted to get to the top of it maybe like a minute walk. You look back over at the Windward Serpent and you see Thnos and Fognar getting the ship in order and it looks like they are ready to sail and they look over and Thnos goes, yes, you did it. 
Good job, lads! Come on over! We're gonna get out of here before the fog rolls back in, yeah. And you see some of the crewmates that were, like, looking at each other awkwardly. Um, they now have returned to normal. And then uh, on the back of the boat, you see the half-orc uh, Jarell that looked at you, that asked if it wanted to marry you, and it, like, quickly looks away as it goes back to what it's doing <laughs> from the back of the boat. Getting the boat ready to sail. Yeah, Drell avoids eye contact as well, and he goes and tries to find one of the cots to sleep in. Oh, do you leave gaseous for him? <laughs> yeah. No, I use the gaseous form all the way to the cot, and then I come out Drill. of it above the Drill, cot. Why aren't you coming out of the gaseous form? Drell, we got, we got stuff to talk What's about. What's that question you wanted to ask? Drell? That's where you should have been out by now. <laughs> <laughs> and the three of you go on the ship as Fognar and Thos command the crew. And it begins to sail away. You notice that the ship has some has some damage on it, but looks very minimal. Couple, it's a little patchwork. You do see that below deck, some of the water is getting in, but it's only getting in the storage area. It looks very manageable. You see that some of the crew, uh, like two of the kobolds, are taking shifts, keeping the water out. You see them carry up buckets of water every so often, just to keep it out of the bottom of the ship. All in all, uh, a success. Uh, as far as damages go, you can now take the benefits of a long rest oh. as some time pass as the three of you pass out after f after this long ordeal. What seems like it took a few days. Is there anything the three of you would like to do in your downtime? Not really. I think Drell would normally keep brewing some potions, but I don't think he's really working on them anymore while he's on the boat. I think he's just kind of relaxing after uh, the long fights with everything going on. Uh, I would like to go to Bod. Yeah. Hey, Bod, how's it going? How you doing? You see him scribbling away, and he looks a little sad. Yeah, you, you okay there? Uh, yeah, we, uh, all in all, it was, uh, you know, we made we managed to pull out, but we lost, uh, two crewmates in this ordeal, and it's... Yes, I, I, I witnessed. Sad thing. It was, uh, not the way I would have liked them to go, but... It is an occupational hazard. They knew the risks. Yeah. You ever tone C, she, uh, she a wrathful one when she wants to be. Indeed. Hey, uh, quick question. Uh, you got any books on the, you got any books on the boat? Um, you guys keep, like, books around? We do keep a, a stash of books. Um, are you looking for something fun or are you looking for something educational? I was wondering if you had any books on Melora. Maybe, maybe a Bible or two down below. We only keep the fun ones up here. And he points over to a, like a broken um, bookshelf. And it's a bunch of like dragon nudie bags that the kobolds periodically look at. And he goes, and there's a couple of uh, you know, puzzle books over there and coloring books. It doesn't take a lot to keep us entertained. Um, you know what? Come with me. Come with me. I'm interested. I'm interested in myself. And you see that ball, like his attention is taken away and feels somewhat comforted around you. When you go below the ship, you see that there's various crates. Most of them look like normal storage and chests. You see that they keep a lot of their supplies down here, various cannonballs, extra swords, weapons. You do notice something when you go down instantly. Remember that crate you helped the kobolds take? Yeah. You helped them lift down? You notice that's cracked a little bit, specifically at the bottom. Um, one of the corners seems to be cracked and you can see like a little hole. You notice a shimmer of light coming in there. Not like it's something is turned on, like it's emitting light, like it's reflected and you walk past it. He goes towards the back and he has a couple of chests and he opens them and there's a bunch of papers and ledgers in there. 
Give me an investigation check as you're looking through the books to find what you need. Say 19. Wow. Looking through the books, you don't find a Bible or anything, but you do find a book of stories uh, related to gods. And as you fumble through a quick skim, you find Bible-like stories after as if they're being told to children or young teens. Oh, so that, perfect. <laughs> this is just at my reading level. It's different things that gods have done to create the earth, or excuse me, to create Humbrea that you currently live on. As if, um, and you get to like the Melora section and tells how she filled the, filled Humbrea with trees and mountains and nature and, this, and the circle of life and the balance of life and death within nature. The, feed, the, the food chain, if you will, and different things she had to do to prepare it. This is, uh, is this what you're looking for? I think this is the best we got. Oh, no, no, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Bod. Nope, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to be smarter. I don't know. I don't, I don't know a lot of things. So I feel like I should read. I didn't read a lot when I was younger. So I'm just trying to, just trying to learn, you know? There's a lot of things a lot of people don't know. I mean, there are some of the greatest wizards of all time that live for many years and there's still a lot they don't even know you mind if i search through this chest a little while longer is that fine uh i'll be back up in a sec yeah you know what take your time take your time all right thank you bond these books are just uh you know sometimes you donate them sometimes you fumble through them when we're bored but uh hasn't been touched in a while perfect have at it and he goes back upstairs yeah i uh look through the books a little more don't really find anything else interesting and then i immediately go to the cracked chest Hmm. And try and sneak over the crack chest to see what's going on there. So the chest, so it's not so much as a chest as it is a sealed crate. Crate. Right. Nailed in on all sides. So it's not something you can easily open. You would have to pry it open. But the bottom corner is like broken off and splintered. Probably from the rough seas and crashing into uh, the bed of rocks. And you look at it. It looks like it's resting on a bunch of hay and straw and, and like you kind of put your hand in there and you it feels very solid almost like you're touching glass and like the way it slides off your fingers you feel like you're like you're, you're smudging glass uh <laughs> menace is gonna activate his talkie torchy to armos <laughs> <laughs> and all three torches illuminate <laughs> drell you wake up from your slumber almost you're startled from the middle uh, uh from the middle bunk and almost uh, this again. Armos! Where is it? Hang on. Okay. Yo, Armos! Yeah. I'm gonna walk a girl. Are you by yourself? Um, are no. people around? Are you by yourself? Um, are people around? And you see, like, the oh kobolds look over at the screaming torch. Dude, why does it have the worst voice? Why does it have the worst voice? As it echoes back to you, Minus. Hello? Hello? I tap it. Hello? Hello? Tap, tap. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Drill, Armos, let me know when you're in a, 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 a cool spot to be in. Let me know where you're in a cool spot to be in. Can I turn mine off? You turn it off and all three go off. I put mine on do not disturb. <laughs> I turn my back on. <laughs> Shit, all three turn back on. Guys, something happened. I don't know why it went out, but uh, Armos. Fuck. Right, guys, something happened. I don't know why it went out. As a screen. Where are you? And I will just come there and I'm like. Uh, you remember uh, uh, that uh, 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 thing we were trying to figure out uh, when we first got on the ship? Meet me there. Meet me there. I'm already walking around the boat, and I can hear muffled voices <laughs> coming from down below, thinking, 
obviously know that that's where it's coming from, so I just follow the screaming torch that he's holding, and I shut it off. Drell just <laughs> says, yeah, you guys got this. <laughs> just tell me later, and I turn mine off, too. <laughs> and all three of them turn off. <laughs> Brilliant. Almost, you head down to the lower deck where uh, Minus is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm peeking out from behind the crate. <laughs> you just see a red mohawk. Yeah, you're, you're real, real inconspicuous over there. Yep, and I come from the side. You didn't even know I was here. Oh, <laughs> scared me, and I figured oh, guns. Oh, 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 minutes. You gotta be careful when you do that. I'm sorry. Woo, I was jumped out of my fur on that one. Uh, brings me back to that ghost uh, way back in arc one. Anyways, <laughs> what is so important? Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Remember what? that crate you were you were looking at before? Uh, like... Look at it, it's shiny! <clears throat> well, help me open this crate. Nice? Like, nicely? Or, like... I mean, I have a way of opening it. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly... Do you want what's in there? Or you just want to destroy shit? I think you have one of those cantrips that, like, opens... Oh, maybe it only opens doors. Would that work on, like, a crate? Does a crate count as a door? You know what? Give it a shot. What cantrip are you referring to that opens doors? Thaumaturgy automatically opens doors, but you can consider the crate locked, I suppose. Right? Yeah, it's sealed shut. It wouldn't, it yeah. wouldn't, uh... <laughs> we try it in the crate rumbles for a second, and then I'm like, all right, let's, let's just use right. a crowbar. We're, we're making too much noise. <laughs> Next thing, you're going to want to make friends with it. I do have that. No, I'm not making friends with it. By the way, yeah. what a missed opportunity for, for Menace to have the spell friends, like... Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, Armos, I need to make it naturally. <laughs> <laughs> I start using Firebolt as like kind of uh, welding it open. You know what I mean? Like uh, trying to bust open a circle on the side of the... A tiny the... firebolt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use a crowbar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you work on that side. Just, just, I'm trying to wrap my brain around the concept of welding something open. I think he means like with a plasma torch, like a, like a, like a tor like a torch gun. Give like, me an arcana check to see if you can manipulate a spell to do that. Because there is a spell that does what you want to do, and fireball's just more of like a, I shoot fire at you. Don't fail. It's a DC 15. Don't fail. I already failed by the time you even told me to roll. <laughs> what did you get? Uh, one. <laughs> Which I get plus six, so it's a seven, technically. You go to, like, use your fireball in this creative, crafty way, then boom, <laughs> you just blow the back of the crate apart uh, as, hey, like, it, as, like, wood falls. I can see you. <laughs> It's just two holes in the side of it. You me. hear Baud from the top of the, from the steps, and it sounds like he's about to come down and be like, Hey, Minus, is everything all right down there? What's, what's all that noise? Oh, sorry. I just found a really cool book, and then I, I got so excited, I, 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 I dropped one of my bottles. Deception check. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'm worst at. While he's doing that, I'm using I'm using magic hand to, to, to kind of patch the, the one side he can see with... With the ain't no ethereal see-through hang gonna hide that mess, but <laughs> with some papers or something. Yeah, I got a seven. Dropped a glass and he comes down the stairs as he does not buy it. And as he walks down the stairs, he sees the two of you trying to like hold you're holding your arms out over it. He goes, Oh menace. Huh. Hey. Menace. Menace. This broke on its own. <laughs> What do you mean broke on its own? It's changed. I tried to fix it. 
This I can smell the smoke. He has horns and is colored red. What do you think? I'm gonna think. Uh, that is exactly what I said. He comes over and he looks at you and he looks at the destroyed crate and like half of it's blown off and you're able to see the tail end of it. It is a very large gem. Mm. The gem looks like it's four feet tall and then is the shape of a Marquise gem. A Marquise? What does that mean? Why don't you describe that for us? It looks like a very pointy oval. It's an oval, two sharp points on the north and south side. I'm very sheepishly casting mending on the corners, like, <laughs> What? Why? Why, Minus? Why would you blow up the crate? We, this is for clients. Honestly, curiosity. <laughs> I I, uh, I tried to use deception. Me and Minus were down here playing uh, laser tag or fire tag, and it got out of hand. What are you saying to try to deceive him? That's what I'm saying. That you were playing fire tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roll with disadvantage. <laughs> he asked me down here. It's what we do. It's a victory. I got my fingers up. <laughs> it's a victory thing that we always do. You wouldn't understand. Whenever we finish a battle, yep. Yep. How about I persuade him instead? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> disadvantage. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> and you continue to insult my intelligence and even my kindness. We're gonna throw you off the ship for this. Like, wh why? Uh, why don't you just ask? I don't know. I got I got super curious when I finished with the books. It was, uh, I saw the crack down there and I, I wasn't thinking too much. All I wanted, I just wanted to peek inside. I wasn't thinking about anything else, but getting inside. As you can see, this is very valuable and we're delivering it for a client in the Aramore ports. I'm still mending the box. <laughs> Drell comes uh, down the stairs to see what happened, and he goes, Oh my god, they should be thrown off the ship for this. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you see he turns around, and he has his hands on his hips. He looks back at the two of you like a scolding dad. And he sees you trying to mend it. Well, I guess this will work. As you're, like, mending it, he's going to look at, at the gem, and he's, like, trying to wipe away any of the scuff marks. Uh, that may have left behind. He goes, this needs to be perfect. Otherwise, we're not going to get paid. And if we don't, we don't get paid, then the strip was almost for nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll spend the rest of the night mending this. I promise. You can stay with me. Mm, I think you've done enough. So, so do you not want it fully mended? You have a good point. Yes, please mend it. Please mend it great. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I spend the rest of the night mending it. <laughs> yeah, Menace. Mend the crate. And I lean over and I was like, can you believe these guys? <laughs> <laughs> and so as he, as you whisper into his ear drill, he looks at you and he goes, so did you talk to the other guy yet? What? <laughs> drill turns oh. around and go back. <laughs> you, you see drill blush for the first time. <laughs> so I mend that up and uh, yeah, I go, I go back upstairs and then I'll spend the rest of the night reading. Give me a perception check as you are mending the crate. That is a 14. So as you're mending, you're, you're paying attention to it and you're focusing on it, you feel kind of bad. You remember that when you, the last time you cast the mending, the mending cantrip, when it had some significance, was the letter, remember the envelope. Yep, the letter, the lantern as well. It had the letters JK on it, right? Mm-hmm. You see that as you mend the crate, there was writing on it and the writing like, fixes itself and then slowly fades away. 
you get the impression that when somebody at one point had wrote some initials on it and then erased the initials and you see the mending kind of undo that wipe it away and you see the initials wf i'm sorry not wf it's it's w w yeah it takes uh it definitely takes a long time because i have to like collect every piece of the plank put it together mend it <laughs> and put it back on the crate yeah oh you know what that's a very good point um go ahead and roll me one more check roll me a raw luck check to see if any of them just weren't obliterated that's a gnat, pumpkin. You find every single piece and you mend it back together with no problems and couldn't even tell that almost blew it up. Thank goodness. <laughs> so real quick, Drill again says really loud. He goes, I can't believe you guys did this. And then he crouches down and he whispers, how could you guys be so fucking stupid? You guys got caught <laughs> looking in the fucking crate. I'm sorry, Drill. I won't do it again. <laughs> oh, you guys had one job. Just look in the crate. Don't break it. Then he let Armos just Cast another fireball. <laughs> he said he could do a cool plasma cutter. Yeah, right? It I sounded know. awesome. He stands back up and he goes, I'm so disappointed and turns around and walks away. <laughs> I'm sorry. My power is just too hard to contain. Uh, but you know what? We could, as you're still mending it, I'm like, here, I'll just do this. And I create a minor illusion of the box. Look, bam, boom fixed <laughs> you walk away and when you walk away the spell drops <laughs> <laughs> fixed it for you <laughs> okay so we will say that with that you have another day of sailing but we'll fast forward a bit uh if the three of you are okay with that let's just something else you really want to do no that's fine i just spend the rest of the trip reading this book so menace as you read the book um because you took another level in cleric and you now have a new ability, Channel Divinity. And your goddess that you devoted your faith to or have faith in now is Malora. And when you read the book, you feel a little bit closer to her uh, and you feel her presence. And then it feels a little blocked in a sense that like when you try to focus on Malora, now that you are you feel that much closer to her, you feel like something is taking your attention away. Like there's a ringing in your ear the more you try to focus on it. It's a little distracting. It's not taking away your powers. It's just like it's taking a little more brain power than normal. So you have been sailing for a total of five days across the Evertone Sea with a slight detour. And then Thnost yells out to the ship, Land ho! Look alive and settle up, lads. Aramore Ports is beyond our bow. And the crew cheers and you see them eagerly getting the boat ready to dock look out from the ship and you see a large island coming into view oh man the view is bustling with trees and mountains seeming like a true tropical paradise just ahead of you and the boat travels through the tidal channel and you notice on either side of the channel there are two large monumental pillars almost acting as a metaphorical gate. And as you turn your attention back ahead of you, you see a decently sized portside town with a very active dock with a few boats. And as the Windward Serpent aligns up with the dock, the three of you notice a drastic weather change from the sea-filled air to a cool island breeze and the warm heat from the setting sun. Then whoosh, a large black shadow of a bird high high in the sky flies over casting a quick shadow over you for but a moment and you see the crew workers and the dock workers duck and flinch 
as something with a very large wingspan and flies into the mountains. And then Thanos yells, he goes, ha ha, you three be careful out there. The three of you uh, are now at the Kambuki Isles. You're still standing on the boat. It is towards the end of the day. You arrived when the sun began to set. It is in the, it's, it's in the evening. Um, it is summer, so it's going to be like it's going to be nighttime very soon. It's very late in the day, but eager, probably the three of you just want a nice bed to finally sleep in rather than a uh, hammock hanging between two pillars. Yeah, I want to go find a uh, realtor or something, um, <laughs> someone that sells property. I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you right now. I know you're like, please don't. I'm going to get a beach don't. house. I'm going to open up a Airbnb. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yes, it's let's really do about that. The okay, R- never. It's really about the ROI, Drell, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just as long as the HOA is not too expensive, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, so I think... Um, what do you guys want to do? You guys just want to go find a an inn somewhere? Yeah, first things first, I just want to get a good place to sleep. Okay. Yeah, I think we do that. I think we just go find an inn somewhere. Hey, Fnost! Hey, lad! What's the, uh, what's the town here called? It's called Aramore Ports. It's, it's run by the city of Aramore. But if you need a place to stay, the drunken stowaway is, well, quite frankly, the only place you can stay. <laughs> well, okay. Sounds like we're going there. Aye. And then as he's talking to you, you, you see um, him and the kobolds are, well, Fnost is uh, directing the kobolds to carry out that crate that the three of you blew up um, down below. And then you see Bod is a little bit nervous because he knows what happened to the crate, but Fnost doesn't seem to notice anything. And he goes, ah, we got it in perfect condition, lads. Look at this. <laughs> Even with all that fighting and bamboozling out on the sea, we still managed to bring it in one piece. Surely payday is upon us. I give Bod uh, from like the background just a really slow thumbs up with a big grin. And he like looks at you and he quickly looks away. <laughs> all right, guys, let's go. So the three of you step off the boat and walk down the dock. Minus, when you step off the dock, and the hoof touches the dirt. You you suddenly freeze into place and immediately look inward on yourself and you are overcome with a quick vision, a visage, a large white scaly head of a dragon, sharp naggled teeth like a blender and rows of yellow eyes stretched along the side of its head and then you see four more heads raise up in the distance and as it quickly snaps down on you and you snap back to reality. <laughs> guys, guys, wait up. <laughs> Go to catch up with the guys sweating. Uh, Minus, why do you look like you just took a shower? I fell, I fell in the water. It's fine. Let's, let's just get to, uh, let's just get to the, the, the place. Uh. Okay, so do we see this place, or is it a little bit of a walk? So, no, you are immediately in town. So the dock is connected to uh, the town itself. It's, it is a port side town. It's immediate, everything's like right there. Uh, you, you see fishing boats and some other small and traveling boats. You see that the whole town is revolved around this dock, and there are 
It's a decently sized town. You do hear blacksmiths, you see various shops, you do see a bunch of tents set up with people selling fruits and vegetables and other general general goods. You see a tannery, you do see a, a shack that has a sign of like a potion flask on it. This is the only town that the city, that the kingdom of Aramor has outside of South Trillis. This is specifically a spot for importing and exporting. And you do see some guards there, but they are not Red Guard. Uh, they are Aramor city guards, but they are very laxed. And they're not even in towers. They're just kind of hanging around. And they looks like they're just keeping the peace, but they're not enforcing any laws. And you do see the Drunken Tavern. The, the Drunken Stowaway Tavern. I don't know about the tavern. Last time <laughs> I was we went to one of those, we got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They look like some fun, rowdy folk. Where else... Do we have to stay? And I look around. I want to see if there is a like a potion shop. Yeah, there is an alchemist shop. You do see a shack. Rad. A, a very a rather large shack, but it looks like it has some some smudged and smoke lines uh, spread throughout the walls of it. it. Looks like it's very well used, and you see a sign of a uh, flask bouncing back and forth. And the shop name is called the Portside Flask. And you walk inside. And there is a elderly man, very tan and skin. And you see that like, he has like these goggles on and around his goggles are very, uh, around his goggles, he's like, it's like covered in soot as if like something just exploded in his face, like a failed uh, potion uh, just set off. He goes, oh, how can I help you? Yeah, new to the area, you know, just uh, making our way. I wanted to see what health potions you have for sale. Oh, we have plenty of health potions. Um, how strong are you looking? How potent? I would say probably superior or above. Ooh, superior. And he look, He turns around, he looks through some crates. He goes, oh, I actually just happened to brew a big old batch. And he puts a crate out and there's 18 superior health potions in there. I don't think I need that many, but I'll take five. Still a big order, if you ask me. These, uh, these aren't cheap. It'll, it'll run you 200 gold a pop. Um... Darn, that's really expensive. I turn around and wink at the guys. Um, okay, <laughs> and I'll give them a th what is so what is that a thousand gold? I'm bad at math. Yep, thousand yeah. gold. Yo, Armos being cheap, he he goes in and it's just like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me talk to this guy. Where are, are these really two hundred? Like, look at this. This corks not looking great. Come on, <laughs> cork. I, I this, assure this you. Bottle this bottle doesn't seem as nice as the ones that you got over there. What if we get a little discount on these? Well, yeah, if we if we buy other stuff, will you give us a discount? It's not about the bottles. What's inside the bottle that keeps you up, keeps you sprite, keeps you young, keeps you going? Yeah, but if the bottle, like, breaks when we're out there and lets it out, then Whoa. it's useless. A glass bottle is a glass bottle, bro. Oh. What if we buy other stuff? Can you give us a bulk discount? If you buy 10, I'll give it to you for uh, 1600 How much is each one, did you say? 200 200 yeah. So I'm giving you again two free, essentially. I want to see what he has. Uh, like, what else he has? Uh, what are you looking for? Any, like, strange or cool potions that might be specific to the Kambuki Isles? Specific to the Kambuki Isles? Yeah. Go ahead and roll me a luck check. That is a nine. He's looking through it. He goes, oh, you want to see uh, something? Uh, home special. Homeland special. Okay. And he looks through his potions. He goes, uh, got one here that uh, turns you into a bird for a little bit. I got one that turns you into a lizard for a little bit. Um, anything that helps you swim. I'm not a good swimmer. 
Oh, one second. I have some. <laughs> okay. Holy shit. <laughs> he just got really excited. Yo, what's the he main character off of Cars? McLean? Isn't that what it is? McQueen. McQueen. Dude, that was Tony getting up out of his chair. For real, that's fast Fucking, as I've ever seen a movie. He hit the, uh, the drift around the corner and was gone. Okay, perfect, perfect. I do have something. Uh, it's not a potion, unless, but a, a a friend in need, if you will. And he takes out um a box that has a bunch of trinkets in there, like little trinkets and baubles, a couple gems. He takes one out, and it's a little statue. It's made out of pyrite, and it looks like a it's in the shape of a creature. It has a long neck. It has like a humped back. It doesn't have legs. It looks like it has four large fins. He goes, I have this um pleosaurus. Pyrite, for sale. It's not cheap, but it'll, it'll help you get around any swimming hurdles. Maybe not much in a closed space. In a large body of water, you need to get from a place A to B. Uh-huh. Definitely help you there. How does this statue help me? Do I throw it in the water? Do like, uh... It's like a chia pet, I think. Yeah, it grows. Exactly what you do. You throw it into the water. And then, uh -huh. and then a pleosaurus comes out. Is it so? It's a one-time use thing. No, it, it does need to nap for a while, like a few days. Okay, I'll buy it. This sounds cool. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was rolling the Astro. It's okay. gonna be. It's expensive. It's not. It's not cheap. Okay, how much is it? He looks at it. He looks. He sees that like you just try to haggle the potions. It cost you. 7,000 gold. Don't even come at me with that 7,000 gold. Look. You give me the real price. 7,000 gold. Mm, mm, mm. Well, wait, wait. So it's a what's your margins need? on that? Like <laughs> 30, 40%? Uh, my, my ROI is not of your concern. See, that's what I'm talking about, Drell. See, talk to your ROI. <laughs> wait, why are you guys concerned about gold? Didn't we just... uh Missed. <laughs> We're on pennies today, but... What if, okay, so I'll pull out one of my gems that are the, the cool gem looking things we got. Uh, and because you said it's, yeah, you said it's worth between four or to 6K gold. So I want to try to hype this gem up and see if he'll just trade it for it. Uh, you show him the gem and offer it to trade. Go ahead and give me, Drell, give me a persuasion check. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Scary, Let me help. I'm there too. You can give him a help action as you uh, an athletic check because he's waiting check. so strongly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so almost leans in and he's uh and he's starting to talk and trying to put his input and point out the perfections of the gem, trying to convince him he's looking at it. I got a 15 on persuasion. And that's with advantage? Oh. Oh. Help action, yeah. Help action, baby. I got a 15 on persuasion. <laughs> he looks at the gem and he looks at you. He goes, ah, I mean, the gem is valuable. The gem is valuable. There's no denying that. I don't think it's a fair equal trade, but we're very close. Tell you what, give me the gem, a thousand gold. And I think that's a fair deal. You're right. The gem for the statue. I'll give you, I'll tell you what, 1,500 gold for 10 superior health potions. I, that's a very fair trade. I got a business. Yo, and, I you know what? And the flying potion. Oh, the one that turns you into a bird? Yep. I will throw in the bird potion. It's, ooh. It, it has its uh, quirks. Oh, God. Um, I'll be honest with you. It has its quirks. Um, <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Here, Minus, I, I don't want to take this from you. This was your idea. You can, you know. I can hear that gecko in my mind. By the statue. Just from hearing that it's got corks. I go out to my cart and grab a thousand gold and come back in. Oh, remember, grab one of your uh, gems. And Drill puts his back <laughs> in his pocket. Wait, wait, that was the gem we decided on. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, we have a better one that we're going to give you. Oh, no, no, no. Gem. Original gem. All right, don't try to bamboozle me. You try to switch out gems on me. I'm giving you a very good deal. A it's very the same gem as I come back in and show him the gem. Log, it's the same exact gem. Calm down. Drell is just, I don't know. Drell's, Drell's in a mood. Uh, here, uh, here's the gold. <laughs> here's a thousand gold for me. A gem. What'd you need? 1500 as well? No, I'm going to pay for that because I'll take the potions. Okay, okay. Rubs his chin. I like to cut Egypt and he takes the deal. Well, that's lovely. And Menace. When you take the statue, it fits in your palm, and then you hear, when you hold it and you look at it, you see a shimmer, only you, and then you hear the word in your mind, Priscilla, and it's a very feminine voice. So just getting this magical item, you know that when the name Priscilla emanates through your mind, that is its command word to activate it. Does it have to be in water? Uh, you do feel like it's calling for water, and, and not in an annoying way, you just know that like you need water for this to work damn dude if we were trapped in a small place and just threw it and yelled priscilla and like expanded the room that would be so funny <laughs> go ahead and add pyrite plesiosaurus it's in my cart what's the bird thing called uh the bird potion is she just called it a boat bird potion something that he was been burned. <laughs> oh it's off the books i see i should have got bigger listen uh i mean i gave it to you for free but i know yeah, I threw it in. me to take this. Whoa, wait, okay. My my stuff works, okay? Mm, I might be back with a few feathers. You might. You might. Oh, wait a minute. Is there anything what? else I can do for you, fellas? Is there anything <clears throat> Is there anything else I can do for you, fellas? No, I'm good. Voice. <laughs> I'm going to go with a Fletcher across the way. Bye. Wait, what is a Fletcher? <laughs> and the three of you leave. <laughs> so, Menace, the, you see that there isn't a Fletcher in town, but you do see a blacksmith. And the blacksmith is called the Evertone Forge. And you do see as you're passing by uh, the forest that they do sell things that a Fletcher would have. It looks like a two-in-one. Yeah, I go up to the guy at the forge. Hey, uh, excuse me. And turns around. There's a dwarf with no beard. Are you busy? With a big old head of hair. And he has a, oddly enough, a baby chip. Baby-faced. Ah, oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Why are we surprised? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta help you. Hey, uh, uh, sorry. My name is Menace. Uh, nice to meet you. Hey, and you? That's weird. Nobody's ever done that to me. You, you, normally, you give your name back. Oh, my name's Bert. Bert what? Not like Bert the Zardada or something uh, weird? Let's guess. Bert the Zardada. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bert. People just call me old Bert. Old Bertie. Don't really have a family name, unfortunately. He, uh, he looks very somly down in the corner of his eye, and he looks a little sad, and he scratches his almost chinless jaw as it just melds into his neck is because he does have a beard. He goes, I don't I don't really have a family name. The reasons. How can I help you? And he looks back at you. Yeah, I got these arrows. Uh, do you have anything that this would fit in? Oh, and he looks at the, what, you showing him the arrows of dragon slaying? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Quite rare. Oh, is it? Yeah. You want one? Yes. Oh, maybe we can trade. Maybe we can. Menace, uh... Ah. I think we should keep these. Oh, well, I could give one away. I don't know. I mean, then we'd only have four, so. 
It's probably not a good idea. Yeah, one for me, one for you, one for Reginald, one for Armos. I get a arrow, <laughs> and he's just super excited. What about? But then Sid doesn't have one. So oh, then you can't. that's true. Yeah, see, you just gotta keep one that's for him. That's true. Sorry, only one of my Sids uses arrows, so I always forget. Sorry, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I should know. Well, uh, you're gonna need a nice bow. Would it fit in like a hand crossbow, or could I like? I have to use a bow no, bow. that's a bolt. You, this is an arrow. And these are hefty arrows. These are very solid, hefty arrows with excellent craftsmanship. The arrow heads resemble dragon scales. All right. Not going to bamboozle you. Any bow would do. Um, but I suggest one with a strong, with a strong string at its back. Yeah, oh, what's the best bow you got? Oh, uh, and he looks behind him and he has this beautiful long bow. He has a uh, very finely crafted uh, short bows. Mechanically, he has up to plus two bows. Oh, that one looks cool. All right, plus two bow. It's, uh, I don't know, it looks nice. I've never shot one of these before. Yeah, you have any training arrows we could practice that's, with? That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Are you proficient in bows? Oh, uh, yeah. You are? Okay. Wait, did you ask if the ranger is proficient in bows? Oh, true, 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 true. <laughs> Hang on a second. Well, this guy's using a sling over here. <laughs> it's actually just martial weapons. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> and he, uh, he lays down the bow and it's beautifully crafted. Very nice bow. Uh, bowstring shimmers in the light. He goes, uh, this is going to run you about 950 gold. Huh. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Do you price match? Sure, find me another blacksmith on the island. <laughs> you just gotta take my word for it. I know a guy. Mm, doubtful. I guess I'll take it. Uh, I'm only gonna use it five times. <laughs> All right, well, that uh, 950 gold is yours. All right, and he takes your gold and he slides over the boat, gives it uh, a nice, he wipes it down. Uh, make sure it's nice and presentable for you and he gives you he gives it to you and he also gives you a quiver with 20 arrows in it as well right. so it comes with the bow alright well uh, I wish you uh, the best on your uh, business so uh, thank you for helping okay yes yeah, so I think we slowly just make our way over to um, the tavern so the three of you head over to the tavern and it's called the drunkard stowaway and you walk in and it's a very nice comfortable cozy tavern it's not the biggest but it's still very nice on the inside the day has turned into night and the sun has now set and you do see that the tavern is a bit bustling a lot of the tables are filled up lots of meals the the chickens and turkeys that they have laid out are like much larger portions than the ones you would see back home almost like prehistoric size you see like a whole huge bird roasted on the table and it's like the size of minutes almost and you see all these different types of plates and people digging in and there is one waiter walking around she is a goblin and then you see another half orc behind the bar serving drinks to some people uh drill just like takes a huge deep like breath through his nose and he goes <sighs> Oh my gosh, it smells so delicious. And he like runs towards the giant meat on the table. You see the people who are like digging in on the food are like looking at you weird because it's like their food that they ordered at the long <laughs> table. It's like, um, feel free to grab a table and order some yourself there, friend. Uh, fuck. How much for this? I'll buy it. Any, any price. <laughs> Name a price. Um, the price on the menu. And so you're at the long table and you see that there are six people. There are six people total at the table. 
on the left side, you do see Fognar and Thnast, you see Bard, and you see one of the other half-elves that um, you spoke to on the boat. And across of them, you see three other people that you're dealing with. And it looks like they're, this is like the person they were trying to meet uh, with that shipment that you, that you uh, got a glimpse of. And across from them is a half-elf in half-plate armor. On the left of him is a drow elf. And on the right of him is a fully plated um, soldier, if you will. He has a full visor on. You cannot see any defining features. He's wearing full plate with a cloak over him. Oh, hey, guys. I, sorry, I didn't realize it was you. Uh, you know, it's pretty hungry from that boat ride. Uh, <laughs> the half-elf in a, in a center on the right side looks over the Nast, and then Nast goes, ah, lads, they, they are perfectly fine. They can join us if they like. Um, they rode with us on the ship today and help us get the shipment uh, to the ports. That's well, so what I was going to say, and I pop out from behind Drill. Why don't we just sit together? And I pull up a chair. Then you see <sighs> Nas like bang his tail on the table, and then you see a goblin waitress walk over, and, he, and Nas goes, Hilda, Hilda, please, can you provide some more refreshments for my new patrons? A couple of ale, another bird, and maybe some nice, uh, some nice cheese for the table. And then you see that there are already like uh, salads laid out, like anything that the three of you would enjoy is on this table. As I'm eating, I do eye the piano to see if it moves or has teeth. There is somebody playing the piano, very calming. Fills the tavern up with, um, it lightens the mood. Armos is on, on edge because he has PTSD from the uh, lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, I definitely force the people on the left side of the table to like scoot their chairs closer to the other end so I can yeah. fit. <laughs> the person in full metal armor, completely covered, and closest to you, almost, conveniently enough, is a drow elf with his hood down, not trying to hide his presence. And Thnas and Fognar are sitting in the center across from the half-elf, and they are sharing a meal together. And the three on the right side, so the three on the right side, the half-elf, the drow elf, and the suited armor, they all turn to look at the three of you. The one in the full suit of armor does not say anything. The half-elf gives you a, a, a kind nod, and then the drow elf looks at you and gives you like a little hail with his hands in a friendly way. If Nas goes, yes, join us, eat, make merry. We had just um, <clears throat> finalized um, an arrangement and we are now celebrating. Well, it is a time for celebration. Glad we could join you. I'll go grab a cup. And I uh, go over and grab a cup from the bar, bring it back. I, uh, I bring back one for Drell and Armos, of course. Oh, the Hilda has already given you uh, oh, some drinks, the goblin waitress. I go to get up and immediately I'm like, oh, thank you. Don't worry, I got you. And like she bumps into you. She's a little bit smaller than you as a psh, uh, she puts like a cup right in front of your face uh, as you take and then puts it in front of Drell and Armos. Drell, before she walks away, leans over and hands her one gold and says, uh, I'm going to need a uh, one of these probably every seven minutes and I just point to my beer. <laughs> oh, you're a sweet high. And she like grabs your cheek uh, with her bony goblin fingers and like gives you a little wiggle. We then cheers for our job that we did with the uh, the old piano man and the dragon. All right, lads, the, the three of them slayed a ghost dragon. Ooh, 
And then the three on the right uh, laugh. Uh, the drow elf and the half elf both laugh. And uh, as they think they're kidding around and you tell them the ghost story uh, that you've witnessed and Thnos like exaggerates even more grand than the th what you actually went through. Uh, makes it sound way more heroic and uh, fierce. And he made it sound like he had a part in the battle himself, leading, leaving out key details that would prove otherwise. I mean, it's no big deal. It's the second time we've defeated a dragon, but... To Drowoff goes, oh, second time. <laughs> we should get these guys. And he, and he elbows um, the half-elf in the center. I look at the new people across me. I, I'm like, these these guys are too scared to even go in the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pulled off one of the dragon's feet, right? One of the nails. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. I got the eye, too. Yeah. And I so I pull this out and I say, Oh, I'm sorry, does this look fake? And I put it on the table. Yeah, you pull out your dragon tooth. Um, and these are rather large, and you go, Whoa. And I show show my dragon eye that I have. The half elf and the drow elf actually look impressed and they look at each other, they go, hmm. the fully armored one does not look phased. Can I do an inside check on the armored Is one? It doesn't look phased or we can't see their facial reaction. Yeah. He doesn't uh make me an inside check, Minus, like you said. That's another nat 20. Pumpkins. Holy. That a boy, Miss. You look, so it's, it is uh, someone on, you can guess from how this person is sitting. They probably stand around five and a half feet tall. Short king. Possibly human. You can't tell. When you are telling uh, your tales of great adventure and you show them the dragon tooth, like, you know, the half elf, the drow elf, Fognar, the uh, uh, the half orc and the, half, the other half elf are like, whoa, they're really enamored by this. They're actually buying into your story. They do believe you on some level because you have irrefutable proof that you have at least we're in the presence of a dragon. Slaying a dragon is a totally different story. Whether it's true or not, it's a feat that few will are willing to believe so easily. But the one, uh, the fully armored gentleman does not even move or wince. The cloak covers its visor. With your natural 20 and your stature just being a little bit lower than everybody else, you're able to see through the visor and it's pitch black. But you see green eyes that closely resemble flames. And as you look at the green flames, you see that he's in his current position you see that he's staring at Armos. More specifically, towards his waist. At what? Hmm. Hmm. I squint at the armored guy, kind of like, ha 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 ha, trying to pretend like I'm listening to the conversation around <laughs> me, drinking. <laughs> hmm. You look at Armos's waist. You do see, on top of his toolkit, the Shadowfell lamp, the Fell Ogburn. Mm hmm. Uh. Uh, 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 uh. So. If I'm reading the room, I feel like so far everyone's, you know, being merry, trading stories, except for this this fucking guy at the end. Right? You don't notice it, almost. Only Menace noticed this. Oh, okay, okay. He just looks like he, the vibe you get from him, you cannot see his visor. You know he's wearing full plate armor. From your point of view, he looks completely shrouded. Gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, I wait for a natural break in the conversation to kind of like force a laugh. <laughs> uh, but what about you? You got any good stories? And I just point, I straight up point to the metal armored dude at the end of the table. You see the armored dude like shifts his weight once you bring attention to him. And he looks at the half elf and he goes, <laughs> sorry, lad, he he can't talk. Um, 
Oh no? It's a bit unfortunate he had an accident when he was younger and he motions to his tongue. He had a cruel mother and snipped it off. Can we make an insight check? Sure. See if he's telling the truth. It's an 18. You can tell that the way he does it and how nonchalantly he talks about it could be lying. I've never seen that before. Can I see it? <laughs> he's very uh, self-conscious about his uh, his appeal. Not as charismatic as uh, us two over here. And they laugh and he pushes uh, the armored guy and he jokes with them. And the uh, the armored guy reacts physically but makes no sounds. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, you guys been anywhere cool on your adventures? I don't know, like uh, North Trillis, South Trillis, uh, I don't know, the Shadowfell. <laughs> kind of eye of the... <laughs> Armored guy. Uh, make me an insight check when you say Shadowfell as a keyword. I rerolled it. <laughs> I got a nap one. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, uh, 19. Wow, what a good reroll. Nothing. No, you don't see any movements or uh, gestures towards you when you say that. Yeah, as I continue, I don't know, caves, uh, forests, any cool places. Well, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we've been to the Shadowfell, and I put my lantern <laughs> oh, God. on the table. <laughs> you see that, uh, his, his body gestures towards you, goes, and, uh, the half-elf in the middle goes, oh, funky, funky lantern. Well, we've been all over. Uh, we're mercenaries. We do hired work, uh, various jobs, and a bit of a couple of upstarts, if you will, and we, we typically stay towards the aisles more. People find us, uh, more likable here, and... You know, we really stay away from the mainland, but we've been all over. I have family back in back in the mainland. What are you doing, Jared? Um, I was gonna still be kind of oblivious, so I'm using a uh, minor illusion while we're telling our stories and using it to kind of portray like little uh, little characters. <laughs> <laughs> really leaning into the the charisma piece. The, the drow elf is eating it up. Nice. That's awesome. As well as uh, Thnast and his crew, but like the drow is just like eating it up. He loves the theatrics. Where is um, Reginald right now? Reginald is on almost a shoulder. There's no way to tell like if because the guy's face is being blocked, if he has ever looked up and instead of looking at Armos, he's looked at Reginald, like if you can see him. Not from your perspective. His visor, especially with your height, is completely... Like, he has his hood on super taut. Mm, okay. Like, he's trying to hide his face. I know this is probably a minotaur tale. I don't know if uh, your parents told you these tales, but have you, were, uh, you ever heard the tale of the uh, four-headed crystal hydra of the Kambuki Isles? The uh, three of them look at each other, and even the the armored one looks at each other, and then Captain Thnast laughs. He goes, <laughs> I mean, there are many Hydra here, lad. The mercenary in the middle, the half-elf, goes, Ugh. I mean, I don't know about a crystal Hydra, but uh, I mean, we've seen Hydras here and of all shapes and sizes, and if you're looking for a crystal one, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find one here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. More towards the Northern Isle. Uh, probably the northern isle of Kambuki, you'll probably find one, I'm sure. Right, <laughs> if it's real. <laughs> uh, if it's real. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And they laugh amongst mm -hmm. each other. Oh. Sip on my beer. And uh, the drow elf is still looking at the theatrics as the three of you tell stories. And they begin to drink and laugh and make merry. Let me tell you about this one time that this guy lost his horse. Let me show you. <laughs> 
Your friend shows live. <laughs> Joe puts his head down and he stops drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're uh, we're heading out in the morning. Uh, going north. Where are you guys headed? Uh, the three of them look at each other. And goes. Uh, we got a job that we gotta that we gotta do. Um. Oh yeah. Thanks to your captain here or your. Your uh, f- fisherman friends, and he, the half elf winks at Thnas, and Thnas gives a very exaggerated wink back. And he goes, We can finally continue our, uh, our contract. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's cool. We're just, uh, going on, uh, adventures, uh, vacationing in the Kambuki Isles, looking for a summer house. So, uh, you'll find plenty of sunshine here. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. All right, uh, Cool, and I, I I finished my meal and my beer. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, head to bed, guys. I'm gonna get our room situated, and uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna, yeah. And I scoot the chair out and go do that. As you get up, and the three of you uh, f- are finishing up eating, uh, Thnas goes, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take uh, our friend's lead. And he looks over to the half elf, and he goes, well, it's always been a pleasure. And if you ever need anything else, Mister Wilfrey. We'll be happy to help you. And he goes, please, call me Wilfred. And that's where we're going to end this week's session. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> was it the guy that said he had family back? Yep, that was the guy in the middle. He says, hey, you got family back home. Give me a history check. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember Give who this was. Give me a history check. I was literally going to ask where his family was from when you said that. Because I was 12. like, why would he say? 12? 15. 15? S- 17. You, you remember in Granny Wolfie's basement yes. when you found I some notes and items, there was a package that had some potions oh, and a divination man. paper and a magical ring made out to a Wilfred Wilfrey, the brother of Thumbus Wilfrey. Yeah. And that is where we end this week's session. Oh my God. <laughs> what? That's wild. I was like, uh, I couldn't remember which guy it was. I was like, is this the guy, the grandma? Is it <laughs> someone else friend. in the guild? Is it? <laughs> well, really his mother, but we call a granny real fray for him. Yeah. Dude, as soon as you were like, oh, I have family back on the main. I was about to I'd be like, oh, where? Because <laughs> I feel like who would have been way too obvious. And I just didn't do it. And then. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the second I said Mr. Wolfrey, Dad's face dropped. <laughs> His face dropped. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, and then you also remember the WW that was on the crate. Yes. Mm. Wilfred. Wilfred. Yep. <laughs> so this is the brother of Thumbus. Well, welcome to the Kambuki Isles. Finally made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nice Finally little cozy little cozy tavern. I knew something was coming. <laughs> I knew something was coming. There's always another shoe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was good though. Good it was a good mix. Some, you know, some adventure, some lore dropping, some shopping. A lot of loot. You got exactly. a lot of loot. You guys are rich. We're in the top one percent. Now before we send this off, does anybody have a recommendation? We have time for one recommendation. I was going to recommend Korean barbecue. If you guys never had Yo, Korean shout barbecue. Shout out to Korean barbecue, Go bro. Get some it's Korean so barbecue. good, dude. Oh, it's like so that. good. I like that. It is. Dude, I, okay. I, I went to um, Korean barbecue not too long ago, right? Tony's so excited. Um, but what they did was I never seen this before. There's a couple I'm friends with. Yeah. And they're big foodies. They, they specifically go out and try new restaurants 
on the daily. It's crazy how many new places they eat. And he found this Korean barbecue place and you order servings and it's for everybody at the table. And so you could order like chicken, beef, whatever. But it's a, you could order it like mild or really hot. But down the middle is all like mozzarella cheese. It's all mozzarella. And it's like on either side is like t- you can add like, you know, dumplings in there. But it's like all this like bagogi, bagogi chicken, um, different types of beef with rice noodle cakes all spread out in there. And you're supposed to mix it in the mozzarella like all down the middle. Oh, it's so good. And it like cooks in front of you. Damn, that does sound you're good. You're going to poop your brains out because of all the dairy. But. They hooked me up with some lactate because they are like professional foodies. Yeah. They like have all this stuff to just protect your stomach. But man, it was, oh, it was so good. It was so freaking good. Yeah. I, uh, my girlfriend and I, when we go out to eat, we, uh, carry around, um, everything. We have like a little to go emergency case that has like Tums, (laughs) Advil, lactate, like everything. It's on, it's on deck. But yeah, no, Korean barbecue, man. And that's a little sneak peek for the after show. You know, if you guys think the after show is just about, you know, conversations about the episode, you would be mistaken. You can ask anyone that is in it or listens to it in the discord. It's uh, talk about food all the time. BS 10% bullying me. 10% episode. The rest, food. <laughs> yep. yeah. I was like, we got a lot more to fill in there. <laughs> and with that, we'll go on to the Patreon supporters. Say goodbye, everybody. Sayonara. Goodbye. And now it's time to shout out the Patreon supporters, starting with the Blood Shard Bandits. First up is Benjamin Hayes. As the plated armor feels weighed upon his transferred soul, he tries to reach out to those that accept him for who he is. However, no one could understand his flaming tongue. The fire burns within his new body as he now stares down a full tankard of ale that he cannot drink with new companions that he cannot speak to in the middle of a jungle tavern at the Kambuki Isles. Dylan Snyder is next, aka Reese the Bard. Reese is striding along and writing songs of his journey. Without missing a beat with the wind at his feet, this bard is feeling worthy. With the crunch of the leaves and the shuddering of trees, this Aladdin will fulfill his duties to deliver a tool given to him so unjustly deserving. Julius Kendrick is up next as the husk of withered trees and a dim gleam of a haunted moon stand over him. As the seasons change, so do his plots of revenge. Rumors of decimated graveyards have been spreading around small towns of Humbrea. Reigns, who was recently killed and had his identity stolen by a demon frog, is next. Our heroes finally brought to light of Reigns' disappearance and had helped him finish his last assignment, purifying the water within Aramore City, and in the process, cleansing all the demon frog eggs left behind by the death slot. However, did they get every last tadpole? (laughs) Next is Alara Dawnstar. Finally cleaning the Temple of Scoraeus, she is now able to focus on bigger tasks, such as fixing the collapsed roof of the chapel, replacing the giant broken iron doors, and learning how to make and replace religious stained glass. Captain Scarrow! Is he revered or just feared? His massive ship sails the Evertoad Sea, flying one of the most infamous Jolly Rogers whom Brya has ever seen. 
This fish face skull and bone strikes fear into the heart of his enemies. And if his flag isn't scary enough, perhaps his large man o' war ship could make you reconsider. The trees whisper amongst themselves as they look for aid. Rommel blossoms into the bloodshot bandits as our newest woodland protector. This gentle woad pledges his soulful buds to his patron, offering his life to protect his home and the very meaning of nature. Now we're going to move on to the Citric College alumni. First up is Andrew Hall. Andrew has decided to work on the magical consequences of divination magic over an expanding period of time for his senior project. Asking student volunteers, he noticed a large group of students who asked him to use tarot cards and then using magic divination to repick the bad cards for their student's fortune. He now realizes he may fail. Artemis is next up, and we learn the reason of his disappearance. He is currently assisting local town and villages in the Kambuki Isles. He is updating and educating them on anti-bullying laws and how to prevent bullying. Local town productivity is at an all-time high. Craig is our newest member of the Sigic College alumni, but remains to be a mystery. It seems that the school administration had lost his file at registration. He attends classes, however, his professors are curious of where his attentions may truly lie. Next up is Sly, a not-so-petty thief who has managed to steal enough coin to make a name for themselves. While also able to hire scouts, these scouts keep an ear out for any potential big-time gigs or potential heists. Sakajua is next. Dashing around the campus, this centaur has been demolishing the competition on the Sigic College track and field team. Sigic College Infirmary also loves him for his ability to heal wounded athletes with his clerical powers. Speaking of mysterious students, next up is Patrick Wienerstrom, and his neighbors are more suspicious than ever. A large package was recently delivered to his doorstep with no labels. Strange noises have been coming from his home ever since. St. Chaos is now in prison! That's right, during his expulsion, new claims have come forth of magical robbery, arson, and mean-spirited name-calling. Without an educational structure system to keep him somewhat in place, who will stop him from his senseless magical tomfoolery? Next, we have Warden, protector of Dotopia, a yeasty civilization living on Warden's baguette, and he is our last Sigic College alumni. Evading law enforcement, he swears to protect the bread city and the Carbodians who inhabit it. Now we're going to move on to Humbraya's hero, starting with Abdulrahman. Abdulrahman is an alchemist entrepreneur who has run into some trouble in the town of Gilo recently, as a string of thefts has taken place in his new alchemy shop. Alex Dredd is locked and loaded and searching tirelessly, following a trail of breadcrumbs of his newest delicious bounty. Can you hear that? Nufarius Ducarius' booty cheeks are clapping in the midnight winds throughout Aramor as a small worm infestation has occurred. That's worms with a Y, of course. Man with Glass has just finished his new vase filled with volcanic lava glass. He cannot wait to show the world what he's made. Oh no, is that a stone shooting towards him? <laughs> new Humbrea's hero, Leon, that's Dandy Leon, is a tabaxi pickpocket of Humbrea. Rumors say once you hear the cat's purr, your coin is already gone. Odimel is a new member as well, an elf of the moon in the highest regard. Holy arcane magic swirls around her to guide those who seek help. 
Our third newest member of Humbrea's heroes is Mr. Johnny Tar. Mr. Tar is a fierce fighter of Humbrea, a force to be reckoned with. And Caleb Schneider, our last but newest Humbrea's hero, is a strong, buff, halfling barbarian who prides himself on being the best lichen hope thrunter in all of Humbrea. You werewolves better beware. <laughs> Everybody, I just want to say thank you for the love and support and everything in between. If you would like to hear your name on the Patreon shoutouts, go ahead and click the Patreon link down below to find out some more information. And as always, thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.